0: I'm Hannah. I'm Sheena. And I'm Lori.
1: And this is Cemetery Row.
2: Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hi, Hi. everybody. Uh, welcome to this week's episode, which started out um, <laughs> being old Hollywood, but it has transformed. Hannah, do you want to tell them what the new topic
0: is? Bad bitches of the silver screen. That's right. We're doing some awesome ladies. We did Uh, not plan this. This is just how it happened. Yeah, it just
1: (laughs) it just worked out this way because as I always do, I just I changed my mind.
2: (laughs) Um, before we get started, we do have a little bit of news. Yes, Um, do it. We have a very special bonus episode coming out, hopefully later this week or sometime soon. Um, and we did our first ever interview for the Cemetery Road podcast with the Man the Myth, the Legend, Goth Dad. <laughs>
0: and hey, y'all you- it's a long ass episode
1: <laughs> yes yes, yes. Right. this is this is uh dusty gannon he is known as goth dad to us but his uh tiktok handle is vision video band it's the goth rock band that he is the frontman for and he is also known for his goth dad videos on tiktok and I know that's how I came to know him yeah um, and we were to, he's a firefighter EMT in his day job so he sees a lot of death and destruction and just a lot of dark things in his career so we reached out and he agreed and so we're very excited to get that out to y'all again hopefully we can get it out later this week.
0: Yeah, we get into deep shit. We get into fun shit. It's yes. Just, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we got I to think meet his so. cats. Yes. 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 I really uh, liked his cats. There are <laughs> yes. cats involved. Uh Tabby busts my shit. Like <laughs> as, as usual,
1: you have <laughs> Hannah <laughs> has some
0: issues. But <laughs> um
1: also before we get into it, Sheena needs to pimp her cemetery tour that she has yes, mailed. You Sheena, tell us all about it.
2: Yeah, so a reminder. I think I reminded y'all last week, but my true crime tours of Elmwood Cemetery in Memphis are coming up on Halloween weekend. That Saturday and Sunday, they are at 3 p.m. So getting close to closing time, and. You will hear all kinds of wonderful stories of madness and mayhem and murder in Memphis. Um, that was a
0: brilliant alliteration and I love you. for I it. I have been trying so
2: hard every single true crime tour I've done. I've tried to give it that title or something <laughs> yes. it, and it never works. No one ever catches it and get runs with it. So I just, <laughs> I use it as the description. Um, I'm also though, if you want to hear some music along with um, some stories from cemeteries i am doing a well i'm doing it tomorrow but y'all won't hear this till monday um a radio show on a local memphis station called w uh, x y r and i'm going to be talking for about 2 hours on there sharing stories and songs that i think sort of connect back to the cemeteries some of them directly some of them indirectly Um, talking about a little bit of everything not just murder and it's going to be a lot of fun and you can hear it after we do the live show it'll be up on the website wxyr.org nope wyxr i said that wrong wyxr.org
0: we'll share links on our socials too yeah 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 So you um, sheena
2: my
1: boo doing the damn
0: thing you know getting
2: out there telling stories it's my favorite thing to do It is. so anyway that's my pimping um and it ain't easy no (laughs) so I think um speaking of telling stories Lori is going first yes
1: yes so as I mentioned earlier seems to be the norm with me i initially went into the topic of old hollywood pretty confident that i was going to research and chat with you ladies about james stewart who i developed a crush on after watching the shop around the corner with my dad as a teenager he's a good-looking
0: man oh god he's Mm -hmm. hot
1: and side note the shop around the corner is what the movie you've got mail was based on
0: oh okay i didn't know that
1: it is and he's young and mm, even old jimmy stewart could get it but anyway
0: yes
1: however (laughs) as i researched him i realized as much as i love jimmy he's just too damn wholesome
0: (laughs) this week
1: i wanted to choose chaos and by chaos
0: join us in the void (laughs) yes
1: i mean olive thomas Who shot to fame in the early 20th century after being named the most beautiful girl in New York City and whose death was considered the first scandal to showcase the dark side of Hollywood. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Always. (laughs) So, yes. So let's learn a little bit about Olive. She was born Olive Duffy in Charleroi, Pennsylvania on October 20th, 1894 She was the eldest of three children, and after her father died in a work-related accident in 1906, her mother moved the family to McKee's Rocks, Pennsylvania. So uh, while she was a teenager there, she dropped out of high school at the age of 15 to work in a local department store because she had to help support her younger brothers. Um, Not
0: uncommon
1: for that period. Right, right. A year later, she married her first husband, a man named Bernard Thomas. The marriage only lasted two years, if that. Um, Olive went to visit an aunt in New York and just decided she wasn't ever going to go back. <laughs> I like That's that plan.
0: ghosting to a new Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, she ghosted her husband. Um, they did divorce, but she decided to keep his last name. She liked the way it sounded better than um, Duffy. Okay. She found work at a Harlem department store. And just a year later, so 1914, she saw an advertisement for the Most Beautiful Girl in New York City contest. It was organized by commercial artist, Howard Chandler Christie. And she said, okay, I'm gonna do it. So she put on her best dress and entered the contest and won. And by winning this contest, she was able to quit her department store job and find work as an artist model okay um she was featured on a number of magazine covers including the saturday evening post and she would even go to pose nude for penren Stanlaws and alberto vargas um and her the picture her nude portraits are go- gorgeous
0: i mean yeah her vargas just- portraits are amazing yes. Yeah. yes they're um, art they're not just nudes they're no fucking no art. yes yeah. like he
1: he had one that came out in 1920 um either before or after her death that's called I believe it's Memories of Olive yeah and it's just a beautiful side shot of her with a rose and um it was actually bought by uh Ziegfeld uh Florence Ziegfeld who gave her her first big job as a performer right. again I'm getting <laughs> anyway so that's my next my next bit so in 1915 she made her stage debut in the ziegfeld follies a wildly popular review show that ran on broadway from 1907 until 1931 and i think i'm pronouncing this wrong i think it's ziegfeld not field
0: i've always heard it Field. well
1: so it was spelled feld spelled Feld, right uh Anyway, y'all know what I'm talking about. We have accents. That's what yes. we're gonna blame it on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, during this time, she allegedly began an affair with the show's director, Florence Ziegfeld, uh, which ended when the director refused to leave his wife, actress oh, Billy Burke. That happens. Uh, and it was Olive who ended the relationship. Oh, it's probably for the best because Hollywood came calling in 1916. And just just think of this, but again think she won this contest in 1914 she didn't even have a 10-year career
0: like, oh yeah wow. yeah Less but again yes and i'm getting
1: <laughs> yeah, that's to more- be this that's the theme for me i keep jumping ahead so 1916 olive signed with the international film company and made her silver screen debut in the film serial beatrice fairfax She would go on to star in more than 20 films before her death, including The Flapper in 1920. This film marked the first time the scandalous flapper lifestyle was portrayed in the United States, which, you know, as we all know and learned in history and English class, it was the craze of the Mm -hmm. 1920s. (laughs) Unfortunately, Olive would not live to see that happen but again, I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) (laughs) So shortly after she arrived in, um, Hollywood, she was sitting at a cafe on the the beach and she met and fell in love with fellow actor, Jack Pickford, who was the brother of Hollywood's darling, Mary Pickford. Mm -hmm. They were married in secret in 1916. But word got out quick due to their wild public partying lifestyle. Heck yeah, <laughs> I the, love them. They were party animals. They like all they did was drink, party, and cheat on each other
0: oh to be young uh, and
1: beautiful and rich right and she was gorgeous I'm so like, she's yeah. beautiful yeah. Um, so screenwriter Frances Marion wrote of the pair in her biography and I love this quote so I had to include it here she said quote they were the gayest wildest brats who ever stirred the stardust on Broadway <laughs> I love it
2: put Both. that on my tombstone
0: yes
1: i'm not done <laughs> both were <laughs> both were talented but they were much more interested in playing the roulette of life than in concentrating on their careers god love play. them yeah i love them yes they liked to fuck around and unfortunately
0: they did they find did out. find out yes <laughs>
1: Their marriage was tumultuous, to say the least. Their work schedules kept them on different sides of the country, and both Olive and Jack were notoriously promiscuous and carried <laughs> multiple affairs throughout their marriage. Now to the gross part, Jack's bed-hopping led to him contracting syphilis, Ugh. and he had to apply a tincture of mercury bichloride to the Ouch. sores that developed from not, the disease. That's not going to end well. <laughs> no so mercury is bad yeah spoiler alert it does not end well um (laughs) yes this is a very bad poison um that i guess doesn't kill you if you use it topically but uh ingesting it is a no-no yeah don't do that no Mm -hmm. so in august and september of 1920 the couple decided they were going to try and work things out by taking a second honeymoon to paris which really was their first honeymoon because they never got a chance to actually celebrate it instead of visiting the eiffel tower and all the cool places in paris they spent their time hitting the city's famous party spots (laughs) including the bar the dead rat
2: (laughs) Um, uh, that's 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 an interesting bar name especially for a country that was plagued by the black plague yeah you would France pray.
0: has its own sense of humor.
2: Um, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. And so on the
1: evening of September fourth, nineteen twenty, they drank themselves into oblivion before returning to their hotel. I think between two and three in the morning. Now, what happened next is only really known by two people, Olive and Jack. And there was only one person that could share what happened. Uh, according to Jack, Olive stumbled into the bathroom looking for some aspirin to take for her headache. He had fallen asleep, but he suddenly heard her yell, oh, my God. So he runs into the bathroom and catches her as she falls. And they realize she had mistakenly taken a swig of a mixture of alcohol and, drumroll, please, you guessed it, mercury by chloride. Olive. It had to have been a painful death. Oh, that's suck. I don't know if you know this I may have mentioned it this is extremely toxic if ingested. yeah um she apparently thought it was some kind of painkiller
0: right and she didn't speak French right. so she couldn't oh no she couldn't read under- the label read the
1: label that said poison mm,
0: maybe that's why they have oh. the skull and crossbones on it
1: now I get, yeah probably so um Jack did whatever he could. He tried to give her water to dilute the poison. He tried to get her to vomit by feeding her raw eggs. Ooh. It wasn't working. So he called a doctor who came to the room and pumped her stomach three times. Ooh. But she was she was going downhill fast. Bless her heart. So they rushed her to a local hospital uh, for treatment. And unfortunately, despite the physician's efforts and her own will to live, Olive's kidneys failed and she mm. passed away five days later on September 10th, 1920, 100 years to the day that we are oh, sitting and recording that's this. That's true. That's wild. Yes. That How old when was I she? she, was 25.
2: Oh, God. Jesus. Yes. It's awful so sad and i was looking at my calendar the whole time i was just like
1: wait 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 this day this day this day wow and it it was it's just it's so sad because when i when i was first doing a little bit of reading i was like well her husband he obviously killed her right and then um that wasn't the case and i'll get into it a little more but her last accident yeah her her last words um were to jack after he asked her how she was feeling were quote pretty weak but i'll be all right in a little while don't worry Mm -hmm. darling Mm -hmm. so the newspapers had an absolute field day with her death they speculated Uh, she had committed suicide due to her husband's infidelity And in fact, I saw a couple of places recently where it was said that she committed suicide and that wow. was not the case. It only took the coroner a couple of days to come to the determination that it was an accidental ingestion. Poisoning. Of poison. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, jack refuted that notion she was happy there was no way she would have killed herself right so the newspapers began demonizing him and throwing accusations that he had killed her
0: well they were both fucking around so it's right like yeah they were
1: yeah so by all accounts he was very broken up about it and he would later tell his sister that he came very close to killing himself Mm -hmm. on the ship on the way back with her body bless her heart
0: bless yes. his heart god that's well, hard it,
1: it doesn't end well for him either and i'm into yeah. in yeah so a memorial service was held at saint thomas episcopal church on september 29th her body was then interred in a beautiful crypt at the woodlawn cemetery in the bronx okay. the crypt was built for two but Aww. she is the only person buried there Aww. and the the inscription reads pickford which under normal circumstances wouldn't be an issue but she chose not to take his name because she right. did not want people thinking that she got fame because of being right, Mary right. Pickford's sister-in-law so she has spent the last hundred and one years in a right. crypt by herself with the name she chose not to take oh
0: so, olive baby uh, Um
1: the the events surrounding her demise would reveal the dark side to Hollywood in one of the first major scandals of the time. This was right before, you know, Fatty Arbuckle and a bunch Mm -hmm. of other things started hitting the fan. And It's this incident that led to studios, including a morality clause in all contracts, Mm -hmm. which opened up a whole nother can of worms going down the road.
0: Boy, howdy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Even though he was found to have had no involvement in her passing, Jack's career began to wane after her death and he struggled with alcoholism for the rest of his life. Mm. In fact, Ziegfeld, was quoted as saying that if he ever saw him again he would kill him
0: oh geez
1: and surprisingly jack went on to be married two more times to two former ziegfeld girls
0: oh dear Um, he had a type
1: he definitely did so in an ironic twist of fate though jack pickford died in the very same hospital as his wife on Mm. january 3rd 1933 after suffering a nervous breakdown Mm -hmm. he was only 36 years old
0: jesus
1: he was buried in his family's private plot at forest lawn memorial park in glendale california um and his sister is the one who brought his body back to be buried um, in their family plot
0: so did he buy the pickford crypt intending to be buried with her is that why it says
1: pickford i believe so i think that was his intention but then he wound up being married two more times right and kind of
0: yeah, yeah kind his of family destitute.
2: Just said, yeah. Will take him. Yeah. He probably didn't leave, leave a will or any kind
0: of. Yeah. No, not at that said, 33. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: So, on a lighter note, oh, thank God, I consider September the start of spooky season. Yes, indeed. And I'm we sure do. the other ladies of Cemetery Row feel the same. Yes. I would be remiss if I did not mention that it is believed that the ghost of Olive Thomas haunts the new Amsterdam theater in New York. I love which it. Is, which is where she often performed with the, uh, while she was a part of the Ziegfeld Follies. In, according to employees of the theater, the ghost of a woman dressed as a flapper can be seen clutching a medicine bottle. Mm. And those sightings began in the 1920s okay um the the theater kind of was closed for a long time it was purchased by disney in 1990 oh boy and her ghost still appears okay she seems to be friendly she doesn't traumatize anybody um one worker even placed photos of her in the backstage area so that as employees come in, they can see her and greet her and they'll blow kisses and touch the pictures. Um, She doesn't really do much to scare people. She doesn't do anything during shows. Um, There was one story about how um, uh, a woman was looking for a booster seat for her child and when the attendant came to tell her where they were she said oh the the lady at the back showed me where they were she pointed at them and there was no lady at the back oh so she's a helpful ghost i like it right (laughs) uh however during a and this was you know something that allegedly happened off hours during a staff meeting uh they got to talking about the movie the artist which you know Mm -hmm. probably came out what 10 years ago
0: oh god yeah something like that maybe it was
1: 2014 uh and so they got to talking about the the stars of the era era and they talked about um olive and then somebody mentioned that mary pickford was the real star of the silent era
0: oh and a
1: few minutes like like the, so they're like oh i wonder if they would like this movie a stack of dvds went flying across the room
0: <laughs> the shade
1: now they weren't sitting they had been sitting there for a while they weren't in any position to fall over and they didn't fall over they flew across the
0: room i love it <laughs> so all like the fuck you say yes yeah.
1: <laughs> so by all accounts she's a very friendly ghost just don't piss her off
0: right just by watch saying, your mouth.
1: yeah by saying her sister-in-law was the better actress exactly um and, and so that theater is where they do performances of aladdin is um, oh fun what i found out so that is the very sad and tragic story of Olive thomas oh. gorgeous mm-hmm. just she well another artist after she won that contest called her the the mm-hmm. most beautiful woman in the world and she just really yeah she um uh, mary Pickford in her biography commented about how her eyes were an almost violet blue and she had really dark lashes and just pale skin and it's yeah. just like oh why can't that be what people like now pale. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Pale, giant eyeball, yes giant yes.
1: eyes dark hair and lashes it um yeah she was really beautiful and um, of course yeah, I'll she share. was that classic victorian
0: beauty very much
1: so very much so um i think uh, across all time she would be considered a beauty no matter yeah,
2: absolutely you know,
1: what and like she in in pictures of her or pictures of her and you see her i mean they could she looks like she could walk down the street now, yeah. And you wouldn't be able to tell. She she just was a very classic beauty, and unfortunately, um, lifestyle got away from her. And um,
0: yeah, she lived fast, died young, yeah. left a beautiful corpse. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So Aww. that's it for me. Oh, <laughs> Olive! I think that's yes. the cutest name too. I, I love- think all I of of the Olive. Olive. Yes, names. I love the name. Yes okay
2: so my turn hey. um like Luhu, who i was going to cover someone totally different <laughs> um <laughs> betty davis is my queen and as far as i'm concerned she rules my world but i couldn't help but want to cover someone um it is that i guess the good way to say it is i just wanted to cover someone of color and i was thinking i'm like who can i cover there are several different ladies that i really like um and then i read about this lady and they just announced that she was going to be buried somewhere else and i was like well okay the cemetery news is calling my name so mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah the woman i'm talking about today became famous for her singing acting and dancing um became becoming the world's first black superstar um, but she was so much more than that. She was also a spy in World War II. She what? was a yes. awesome <laughs> civil rights activist yes. and a bisexual icon. Oh yes. man, get it, girl. This woman packed in a lot into her 68 years on earth. So picture it, June 3rd, 1906, St. Louis, <laughs> Missouri. Oh, she's Frida, from St. Louis. Okay. She is. Yay. Frida Josephine McDonald, known to the world as Josephine Baker, is Yay. born.
0: Josephine was my dearly departed grandma's name. So it's Aww. the best I kept, name.
2: I kept thinking of her the whole time I was driving <laughs> yeah. this. I was like, Hannah's grandma.
0: Yep. Um
2: so naturally being born in 1906 and in St. Louis, yep. Josephine was raised in a pretty low income, predominantly black area of St. Louis. She saw and experienced a lot of violent racism there. Um, she developed really good street smarts and learned how to make it on her own. Um, by the age 11, she was already working. Um, she was working Damn. as a mage for a mage. mage. She I'm was a so maid too. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's been a long day. It's okay. <laughs> uh, she was working as a maid for a white family um and she had dropped out of school by the age of 12. Oh. And by the age of 13 she was working as a waitress when she met a man named Willie Wells. I don't know how old he was, but they got married oh. and uh she was 12, 13. Oh, 13. Not well. much oh, better. God. Okay. Yeah. Uh and they divorced weeks or months later it was not anything major yeah (laughs) don't worry she gets married like two years later anyway oh my god (laughs) okay okay but in this time uh between these two times she sort of I mean she's kind of on her own I mean her parents I don't think her dad was really around that much her mom was working and it was you're, you're, you're just sort of left on your own to your own devices. So she kind of runs off. She runs and moves from St. Louis to New York city Damn. And it's during the Harlem Renaissance.
0: Oh yeah.
2: So she's always dreamed of being on the stage. And so she starts working in clubs and, and really owning her skills as a singer, a dancer, and a comedian. Oh, and at age 15, she married her second husband, Willie Baker. This is where we get the last name.
0: For Josephine
2: Baker. She She really likes men
0: named Willie, huh?
2: (laughs) I I noticed that too. But uh, she does change up the husband's
0: names later on. (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, good. (laughs) You hate Um, to see a pattern form. Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) Uh, the marriage fell apart, though, just a couple of years into it, really about the time that her career starts to take off in Europe. But during her marriage, she was starring in chorus lines of huge Broadway productions like Shuffle Along and The Chocolate Dandies. And this sounds absolutely adorable. Her role in these shows was the last dancer at the end of the chorus line, a role a role called The Pony, <laughs> she would act like she forgot the routine and sort of like, pretend to do just something similar to it and make okay. everyone laugh
0: but then mm-hmm. during the
2: encore she'd come back do it perfectly and then add some complex moves into it oh. to really show off I so like she it. was a huge star um she everyone loved when she did this and she was known at this point as the highest paid chorus girl in vaudeville Ooh. so in the fall of 1925 josephine traveled to france to perform at a very nice theater and this is where she falls in love with france and france pretty well fell in love with her um she was an instant success for her erotic dancing Uh, she would appear as
0: wikipedia said practically nude (laughs) on stage we all seen the banana skirt we know what's going on hey
2: that's (laughs) what i'm about to talk about (laughs) if you've never seen her famous banana skirt uh routine you should look it up on youtube it is adorable and not technically filthy yet incredibly filthy for that (laughs) Um, period that was some high it's yeah um the the banana skirt the bananas are sort of In a natural banana shape (laughs) and they're around her waist. I will say this Beyonce later wore a banana skirt and, and performed her hit deja vu in that same style, but her bananas were kind of straight and that somehow makes it so much more clean. Like, yeah, I was like, Beyonce looks clean compared to Josephine Baker in this. Well,
0: Beyonce was on TV. Josephine yeah. was in a club. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> True. But I mean, even then, like her, the the shape of the bananas, Josephine's yeah. bananas being curved somehow makes it so filthy.
0: Either way, they look like yellow dicks. Yes, they do.
2: Yes, it's, it's, it's weird. I'm, it's like, I'm looking oh, at okay. pictures. Yeah. Um, and that dance was in a dance called, uh, and I cannot speak French. I apologize in advance dance <laughs> Sauvage. Um, okay. and this also kind of helped because this famous banana skirt became so famous, this and sort of a lot of other art at the time sort of helped usher in the art deco period, which I thought oh, was really cool. Yeah. Um, she also appeared on stage with her pet cheetah Chiquita, who wore a <laughs> diamond collar. Is I that where not- the banana company got its name? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. You know what? Um, it's canon for us. Yeah, yes. sure is. I do not condone owning uh, wild animals as pets, but I'm sorry. This is sort of adorable. Sometimes Chiquita would jump into the orchestra pit, which terrified the orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm
0: like The that, poor tuba player
2: was like, I That did, sounds amazing to I me. I didn't sign up for this. So between her it. talent, her beauty, her costumes, and Chiquita, Josephine quickly became the most successful American entertainer in France. Um, so many of the artists um, at the time were just in love with her and found her to be a muse like um, Picasso, Hemingway. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the nicknames they gave her were like Black Venus, Black Pearl, the Bronze Venus, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So she traveled all throughout Europe. She is an absolutely huge, huge, huge celebrity. She is performing at the most luxurious venues and being greeted by hundreds of fans at the train stations. But as you can imagine, of course, sometimes the local clergy or the morality police Mm -hmm. would cancel her shows because God forbid anyone have any fun. Um, If we see a butt cheek, we're all going to (laughs) die. Apparently, yeah. Um, Josephine was the first black woman to star in a major major motion picture. She starred oh. in the 1927 silent film *Siren of the Tropics*. Oh. She made nine movies in total, including *Zuzu* in 1934, *Princess Tam Tam* in 35, and *Moulin Rouge* in 1941. Oh, that is Moulin not Rouge. what. That's not what led I to know. *Moulin Rouge* of 2001, <laughs> right? It's. I'm sure it's great. Yes. <laughs> anyway,
0: all you have to um, do is say it, and I'm happy.
2: I know. Me too. Uh, meanwhile, back in America, she never really reached that same level of stardom that she achieved in France. Um, she became Let's famous all here. Yes.
0: Why? I know. <laughs>
2: um, she, I mean, she was famous here, but not the level she right. was in France. Um, she was really down in about 1930s. 19. 19- In the late 1930s yeah she appeared in a revival of Ziegfeld Follies on Broadway but it didn't do that well and she was soon replaced Uh and critics here were of course uh writing ugly reviews about her looks and talent because they are probably unhappy old white men Yep. um these reviews prompted her to return to France in 1937, and then she married um, French industrialist Jean Lyon, which is a great Ooh. name, Ooh. Like um, and she also became officially a French citizen and, and gave up her American citizenship. Good um, for her. Yep, good for her. She and Lyon, though, separated in 1940. Oh. Huh. But let's talk about how awesome she is. I mean, she's awesome at everything, right? She's also awesome at being a spy. Like, how yes, does this woman bitch. get more amazing? In 1939, World War II began, and she was recruited by the French military um to become a spy and she would attend parties and other social gatherings where she would charm the officials and Mm -hmm. get information which she just turned around and gave to the french military hell yeah no one suspected her she was so famous that no one thought twice about her socializing with these like bureaucrats and high-ranking officials well yeah the japan and And when the German troops invaded France, she went home uh, to her home at the south of France. She housed people who were eager to help the free French effort led by Charles de Gaulle and she gave them visas. And she continued to travel during the war and all the information she would collect, she would write in invisible ink on her sheet music. Oh, how cool is that! Very and, cool. She also pinned notes um, with information to her underwear because she knew that she yeah. was a celebrity, and they—they're not going to look at her, her underwear. Hair. Yeah, yeah, which is really smart. Um, in 1941, she traveled to the French colonies of North Africa. That she said it was for her health, but really it was to help the resistance. Mm-hmm. Now, while she was there, she did suffer a miscarriage, oh. and uh, I think this was one of several um this Whose
0: turned baby huh? was it take your pick we're gonna get <laughs> into her we're gonna get
2: into all of her lovers in a little bit okay um, okay uh yeah i'm not sure because her not next marriage wasn't until 47 so either way she was just having fun she was having fun it's her right mm-hmm. she's a woman she, can do right. what she wants. go do your thing girl yeah so either way this miscarriage it ended up being a very bad health situation she had it became infected she had to have a hysterectomy.
0: she turned
2: septic at one point but she manages to recover
0: baby uh
2: after she recovers she then uh begins touring uh to entertain the british french and american soldiers in north africa and what I thought was interesting was I know that as Americans, we've always seen those Bob Hope specials. Yeah. Where he goes over there to enter. The so the yeah, he's doing the same thing, but there actually was no network set up for this. So she and all her other entertainers were just kind of winging it.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> which
2: I thought was kind of cool. That is neat. Um, so after the war, she was honored with all kinds of French awards that I cannot really pronounce, <laughs> like the uh, Croix de Guerre, which I mentioned last week um the rosette of the resistance and other things that i cannot pronounce but a lot of nice awards and in 1947 she did marry french composer joe bouillon i hope i'm saying that right (laughs) they were married for about 14 years okay so to talk about her um, marriages very briefly she was married to four men in her lifetime um, but she did have several relationships with women too, including oh. blues singer Clara Smith, French novelist Colette, and maybe Frida Kahlo. Oh, Ooh, I bet oh. that was awesome! I want to see if that, that happened. I'm like, I wish the two of y'all could have just been together Staying forever. together, the art they would have made. Oh my I god. Know. <laughs> um and then in 1973 i'm gonna jump ahead and mention this because there's no other good place to put it really in 1973 she and her partner robert brady exchanged vows but not in front of anyone not in front of clergy um but it was just sort of a thing between the two of them to do sort of symbolic right and they were together for the rest of her life
0: okay they just didn't want to get the
2: government involved that's fine don't blame them i don't either i can't blame them it's not their it's not their business anyway after the war josephine felt more comfortable about tackling big topics publicly so for example in 1951 she was invited to perform at a nightclub in miami and she refused to perform for segregated audiences. So yes, told the, night club girl. the nightclub owner, like I will not perform for your audience. And it was very public back and forth. The club eventually relented. And this was a sold out show. Hell yeah. So she followed that with a national tour and her insistence on performing for desegregated audiences is what helped integrate shows in Vegas.
0: Yes. Which is,
2: you know, huge. Yeah. Um. While on this U.S. tour, she won rave reviews everywhere she went, but she also wrote columns about the discrimination that she was facing in the U.S. because Mm -hmm. she said she and her husband were refused reservations at 36 hotels simply based on her race.
0: Jesus.
2: The NAACP named her the Woman of the Year in 1951, declared May 20th as Josephine Baker Day. I love it. But unfortunately, this run of good luck in the States ended pretty quickly because josephine had written about the stork club and that they have this unwritten pol- policy to discourage black patrons where's and the Stork she- club I think new york okay of course um okay. she was refused service there and this is what prompted her to write the column but what happened was when she was refused service actress grace kelly saw everything go down mm-hmm. and she runs up to josephine's side and she's like neither if you can't be here i can't be here so they go oh, together
0: go grace
2: grace is awesome um they both promised to never go back to that place again and the two became good friends after that now in her you know criticizing the sort club she also criticized the famous columnist walter winchell for not backing her up he often had but this time he didn't and so he wrote really ugly about her in the papers and even accused her of being a communist which doing that in the 1950s that's 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 gonna get you killed yes yes that's really serious
0: don't be such a petty bitch walter drama queen i swear
1: eat a bag of dicks walter He,
0: i believe that's what he did with his life i don't know if walter winchell is gay i'm assuming any man who's writing about broadway is probably a
2: friend of dorothy okay probably is but i, I don't know yes. i actually was thinking about that later i'm like he would have actually made a good old hollywood story right you know but either we way we might get to him we might get yeah to him. we might yeah. um but this did result in josephine's work visa being revoked Ooh. so she had to cancel her appearances in the u.s and return home Um, she did come back to the U S after about 10 years though, because she spoke at the March on Washington at the side of Dr. King in 1963, she was the only official female speaker. She wore her free French uniform and introduced quote Negro women for civil rights who were Rosa Parks and Daisy Bates. And they gave their own brief speeches, which I think is so cool. She introduced those two. Mm Mm-hmm. I wanted to read a quote um, from her speech. Uh, It says, I have walked into the palaces of kings and queens and into the houses of presidents and much more, but I could not walk into a hotel in America and get a cup of coffee. And that made me mad. And when I get mad, you know that I open my big mouth (laughs) and then that, and then look out because when Josephine opens her mouth, they hear it all over the world. i I love love it it. i love it so much um i I read somewhere that uh after dr king's assassination his widow coretta asked josephine if she would take up the cause and help become leader of the civil rights movement but she declined Mm -hmm. uh she said she was scared for her life which i think is fair fair Mm -hmm. and she said her children were too young to lose their mother so where are all these kids coming from? So let's right. talk about them briefly. Right.
0: Cause I was like, I believe they took that equipment out.
2: <laughs> they did. Um, she adopted 12 children. Oh wow. She called them her rainbow tribe. Okay, she wanted to prove that children of different ethnicities and religions could get along and be brothers and sisters. Oh, so they're from all these different races, and then she raised them each in different religions. Like some okay. kids were Muslim, some were Catholic. Interesting. It's it's interesting. Um, I see what she's going for, but it's interesting.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, nowadays we see that and we're like, yeah, no, no. Yeah, But for the yeah. time, that's... I see what yeah. she's going for.
2: Yeah. I don't think she meant for it to be as potentially harmful as it came out to be. I have a quote from one of her children that kind of okay. sums it up, but either way, she actually even arranged tours of her estate in France so people could pay and see the kids being happy together.
0: Okay. Okay. That was a choice. That was a choice.
2: And then one of her children said she wanted a doll. Mm. And I'm like, I, I get what you're saying there. I imagine
0: like a really traumatic miscarriage accompanied with losing your reproductive organs fairly young. That's going to do something to you.
2: Yeah. I, I it, it was very confusing to me on where, um, h- how these kids came along and at what time. Right. And then I heard differing stories on some led these wonderful lives and some did not and right some after her death like some went back to where they came, came from, from basically and lived out a quiet life I don't know I don't know this was everything I read about her it, it was always mentioned almost in passing like oh she adopted 12 children <laughs> did and yeah by movement. the way
0: she had a football team
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and by the way that's literally what my script says um her estate, i'm spying on you you are her estate was a castle her this is a, her, a castle in france built in 1489 Wow. Called the chateau de Milaud. i hope i'm saying that right but it is a castle Goddamn right and it has like literally it's almost like its own little city there's so much little stuff there, I I so love it. it. It was cool. It sounded cool. Okay. Anyway, almost done. I promise. <laughs> in 1975, Josephine starred in a re- retrospective review in Paris, uh, celebrating her 50 years in entertainment. This review was financed by none other than Grace Kelly, her good friend Aww. and Jackie Kennedy Onassis. Aww. And it was so successful that they actually had to bring out folding chairs and set people in the aisles. Okay. Oh
0: oh Um, (laughs) that doesn't always end well (laughs) no
2: but it's it's true but this is this is good she deserved this I thought oh yeah stars in the opening night audience included Liza Minnelli Diana Ross Mick Jagger and Sophia Loren hell yeah these were not her last words but um her famous response to her 15 minute ovation was now I can die
0: oh Mm -hmm.
2: and that's what she did a few days later um that was a terrible segue but it's (laughs) just kind of true um four days later she was found in her bed surrounded by newspapers that had written glowing reviews of her performance she uh was in a coma after suffering a cerebral hemorrhage and she was taken to the hospital where she died on august 12th 1975 josephine baker was 68
0: Oh, bless her mm-hmm. so
2: More than 20,000 people gathered in the streets of Paris to watch her funeral procession. She was the only American born woman to receive full French military honors. Oh. And she is interred at Monaco's official cemetery, which I don't know how to pronounce it. It literally <laughs> looks like it's Cemetery de Monaco. So it's right. the Monaco Cemetery. Either way. 46 years after her death in may of this year it was announced that she would be reburied at the pantheon in paris the pantheon which is modeled after the pantheon in rome is where notable french citizens are buried like victor hugo voltaire and louis braille oh wow who founded you know the braille did the braille yeah 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 Mm Most of the people listed uh, that are buried there are listed as like military officials and scientists and politicians, like all these bigwig people. Um, this would make her the first black woman buried there and only the sixth woman buried there. Good for alongside her. Side women like Marie Curie. Huh. Wow. But I've also recently read her son uh, Jean Claude said that her body would remain in Monaco and they were gonna they were going to place a plaque at her at the Pan for her at the pantheon okay so it'd be like a cenotaph i'm not really sure what is happening with that but I, it made big headlines like, oh josephine baker is going to be buried at the pantheon oh my god and so that's what made me want to do this story because i'm like okay that's
0: cool well but- grace kelly uh, is famously the princess of mott was uh-huh. the princess yep. of monaco uh-huh. do you think that's yep. why they put her there i don't know
2: um probably i don't know good question yeah.
0: Um, But her
2: castle in France, that was her castle for several years, um, is open to the public. You can see her awards and her um, military outfits and her banana skirts. She had more than one. And the thing that I love is that she continues to influence entertainers today. As I said, Beyonce performed um, the banana dance in a performance of Deja Vu. Um, Carrie Hilson paid tribute to her in her pretty girl rock video which is an adorable video one of my favorite little songs because i like to dance to it anyway and (laughs) diana ross portrayed josephine in her broadway tv broadway and tv show an evening with diana ross and that ladies and gentlemen is josephine baker i
0: love it Go,
2: Josephine. Um, we will obviously post photos, but that woman is absolutely
0: stunning. She, her skin is like butter. Oh
2: Oh my my god! God. And then I watched a performance of her. It was on some color TV show from had to been the '60s or something, and she was out there doing the Charleston like nobody's business, and good for her, singing some amazing like standards and so talented and just one of those people that you definitely wanted to keep your eyes on just yeah she drew you in so i love did it. you
1: see that there's going to be a limited series about her um coming out it's in production no. right now or pre-production who, who was starring uh, as Ru-
2: ruth nega i love her perfect casting yes oh, i love her Oh, my God. That makes me happy. That's going to be yes. good. So
1: and I'm looking. I just pulled up. Uh, there's a comparison photo of Josephine Baker in 1926 with a banana skirt and then Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. And it's like Beyonce's is just like banana leaves. It's not. Yeah. Like, it's they're straight.
0: Yeah. They're straight bananas. It's, just like, it's more like fabric representing bananas rather than actual like i mean it looks like they're bananas
2: I, I don't know i watched the performance and like the bananas seem like they were a little plastic bananas
1: yeah they, but
2: they don't... somehow josephine's look filthier with the curve oh well, yeah like... they're like and you rec- can see, see her, her... <laughs> exactly. yeah, you can see you can see um that her, josephine beggar doing the banana dance on youtube it and, is like, so good her top
1: is not like beyonce is wearing like a full like Bikini bra top. It looks like Josephine's just wearing like a beaded necklace Nothing. that covers. Yeah.
2: I'm pretty sure technically Josephine did not have a top on in her performances. I think it she did. It doesn't look like. I think yeah. she does for that photo, and she did for that performance that's on YouTube because they said right. they were going to film it. Yeah, but I'm
0: pretty sure she never wore a top. Well, that. for back in the day, those performances, it was just strategically placed necklaces. Yeah. Yeah, um,
2: I, I don't think anyone really cared that, you know, it's it's crazy because I think some old people from back in the day would be like, oh, my God, boobs. But I think a lot of people were like, wait, she's beautiful. Can we see your boobs, please? So I don't
0: they were going mad about titties.
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's just so beautiful and so sexy. I think everyone's like, OK, yeah, sure. Show us your boobs. Yeah, we'll pay you for it. Sure, of course. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of boobs, let's go to
0: Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right titties exactly <laughs> Sorry. born in august 17th 1893 mary jane west also known as may west is a icon of hodom, of <laughs> queerdom and of being your goddamn self love yes. it she always played herself is sometimes wielded as a put-down for stars of classic Hollywood to say they were memorable, but they weren't real actors. But for Mae West, it was true, and it was the whole point. But there's going to be a lot of quotes in this because Mae West is the most quotable human being alive. (laughs) Yes, she is. And I love her for it. So, motion picture actresses have had always sold sex, says historian Thomas Doherty in his book Pre Code Hollywood. Mae West was the first motion picture act- actress to sell sex talk. Mm. <laughs> she was a precociously fearless performer who demanded her due from the time she was a curly headed child Vaudillian. She started in vaudeville at the age of four. Oh scheduled for her first big show at the Royal theater in Brooklyn, where she was born. The seven-year-old's mother dressed her in a pink and green satin dress with a white lace picture hat. I looked up what a picture hat was. It is a hat with an aggressively large brim. (laughs) So there you go. Don't know why they called it that, but that's what they called it. Before she went on to sing moving day, West insisted to the stage manager that she have a spotlight. He said she would, but once on stage, no spotlight. Uh-oh. May said, I stepped out onto the stage, looked up angrily at the spotlight man in the balcony, stamping my foot, she said in her autobiography. Where is my spotlight? I stamped it again, and the spotlight moved across the stage onto me and caught me in the act of demanding my light. The audience saw me and laughed and applauded. <laughs> Baby May was a hit, and she was forever hooked on showbiz. The rest of America could ask for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, she said. I'd take the spotlight. After years on the vaudeville circuit, West became the toast of Broadway with her original play, Sex, (laughs) in 1926. Now, I want to remind everyone that in the 90s, Madonna had a book called Sex. She did. That- Literally was like a national crisis. It, when it was. I remember, I remember that. <laughs> so the more things change, the more things stay the same. Isn't that true? <laughs> she says, I became a writer by accident of needing material and having no place to get it. As a playwright and star of the titillating piece of theater, she rocketed to fame and infamy. On April 19th, 1927, she was sentenced to 10 days in prison for obscenity and corrupting <laughs> the morals of youth.
2: Man, I almost wish that was what I was going to be, Charles, with. not with of youth. I don't care about the right. children, but I want to corrupt everyone else.
0: Yeah, I definitely would go down for obscenity charges. Give it to me. Yes. She went to jail on Roosevelt Island and she was fine except for the rough prison issued underwear. She told the warden, I want to wear my silk underwear, and the warden let her. Good. You bet he did. It was a she. <laughs> oh, Ladies' oh. prisons always had a oh, female yeah, warden. Point. Yeah. Undaunted by any impression of impropriety, West wrote and directed her next play, Drag, because they would want to guess what that dealt with. Yep. If you said gay, you were correct. The play did well in Connecticut and was a smash hit in Patterson, New Jersey. But when West announced the play would open on Broadway, the Society for the Prevention of Vice, they sound like a fun group, but they have moths in their vaginas, intervened and vowed to ban it. West decided not to tempt fate again and kept the play out of New York. Already a scandalous superstar in New York Paramount Studios convinced West to finally make her first foray into pictures in 1932. West was decidedly unimpressed. She said, I saw some of the town met some of these sodden gilded people. I saw that under the daffy California sun, there had hatched out as queer an in industry and as odd a collective of self-made men as ever crossed the Rockies. The studios were giant factories turning out the same length of scented tripe. Dressed up with the same rubber stamp, features of large cow-like heads, mammary glands, and 10-foot-high close-ups of nostrils you could drive a Cadillac into. Man. (laughs) Mama had a way with words. Yes, she did. She She was equally underwhelmed by her first movie role in the George Raft, who she would fuck, vehicle, (laughs) night after night. Insert your own joke there. (laughs) Wes refused to appear in the movie unless she could rewrite her part and studio brass finally relented as she walks into the frame for the first time with her trademark wiggle an attendant exclaims, goodness, what beautiful diamonds. She replies, goodness had nothing to do with it. Dearie. (laughs) However, the blunt sexuality and steamy settings of her film arouse the wrath and moral indignation of several groups. Never has so many people been so mad over having a boner. (laughs) One of these was the motion picture production code known as the Hayes code for its creator, William H. Hayes. So when Mm. people say pre-code Hollywood, it's before they came up with all these dumb shit rules of what you can and cannot do. The organization had the power to pre prove films, productions, and change scripts On July 1st, 1934, the organization began to seriously and meticulously meticulously, (sniffs) enforce the code on West's screenplays and heavily edited them. West responded in her typical fashion by increasing the number of innuendos and double entendres, (laughs) fully expecting to confuse the censors, which she did. (laughs) Of course. That's my girl. As the decade wound down, her film career seemed to wane a little bit. The few other films she did for Paramount, Go West, Young Man, and Everyday's a Holiday, didn't do great at the box office. And she found censorship was severely limiting her creativity. On December 12, 1937, she appeared as herself on ventriloquist Edgar Bergen's A Ventriloquist on the Radio. Okay um radio show (laughs) the chase and sand like i wrote this and i'm just now like a ventriloquist on the radio how does that work i'm assuming they probably had a live studio audience is my guess Mm -hmm. but I don't know it was 1937 the dialogue between Wes and the show's host Bergen and his dummy Charlie McCarthy was her usual brand of wit and risque humor but days after the broadcast NBC received letters calling the show immoral and obscene moral groups went after sponsor Chase and Sanborn Coffee Company for allowing impurity on their show Even the FCC weighed in, calling the broadcast vulgar and indecent and far below the minimum standard for broadcast programs. I have nearly seen Lady Gaga's labia on MTV, (laughs) but okay, cool. NBC personally blamed West for the debacle and banned her from appearing on any of their broadcasts. Fuckers. Yeah. (laughs) May's love life was equally scintillating with at least 17 known lovers. She liked her men muscular. Known. (laughs) Known. She liked her men muscular and a little dangerous, with boxers and gangsters being among her favorites, including, and again, this is not extensive. This is just some highlights of people I recognized Gary Cooper. Ooh. Frank Mm. Wallace, who she was married to early in her career. Joe Lewis, the boxer. Anthony Quinn. Bugsy Siegel, Ooh. John Indrasano, another boxer, Chalky Wright, another boxer. <laughs> um, you will also notice that not all of these men are white. She was an equal opportunity hoe, and I love that for her. <laughs> when her apartment building management in Hollywood threw a flag about her Black lovers, she bought the apartment building to solve the problem.
2: Heck yes, yeah, she did.
0: It's <laughs> awesome. She's like, okay, I own it now. I bring whoever I want to my house. Heck yes, yeah, she does. Absolutely. In it's 1954, her own exactly. Don't you be watching who comes to May's house. In 1954, West formed a nightclub act, which revived some of her earlier stage work, featuring her song and dance numbers, surrounded by muscle men fawning over her for attention. You wonder why she's popular in the gay community? (laughs) (laughs) The show ran for three years and was a great success. With this victory, she felt it was a good time to retire. In 1959, Wes released her best selling autobiography, Goodness Had Nothing to Do With It, (laughs) recounting her life in show business. And when I tell you I have looked for copies of this book and it is out of print, and the cheapest copy I can find is like $300. So yep. if your Nana or your great aunt Ethel is cleaning out their bookshelf from like the eighties and you find it, you let me know. Uh, me too, because i <laughs> too have, I've
2: trying to find this book and I cannot do it. Yeah,
0: There's another biography that came out about her very recently. Um, Vanity Fair wrote an article about it, which is where I got a lot of this and it's called mm-hmm. Dirty Blonde. Um, so I'm going to read that too, but if you find goodness had nothing to do with it, y'all give me a call. Yeah. She made a few guest appearances on the 1960s television comedy variety shows like the Red Skelton show who I love and some situational comedies like Mr. Ed. (laughs) i love mr of ed. all things yes. confession i love that show <laughs> like it's such a good show it's, it's so cute. cute it's just may west on mr ed i was just like <laughs> how many horse cock jokes did she make i'm assuming a lot not that many i'm sure because mr ed was so clean that's true i mean, well, you know, it, she, is, I mean it, it is while the, the cameras
2: weren't clean. Right, yeah, she yeah, was yeah. biting
0: the inside of her cheek the whole time. Probably. <laughs> she also recorded a Christmas album.
2: Oh my God, I have to find that. Where? <laughs> I'm sure it's on Spotify. Um, oh which, of God. course,
0: was more parody and innuendo than religious celebration. I would expect okay. nothing less. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alas, in August of 1980, West had a severe fall while getting out of bed. She was taken to Good Samaritan Hospital in Los Angeles, California where Tess confirmed she had suffered a stroke. She completed her, she had a really complicated rehabilitation. She had a diabetic reaction to what they were putting in her feeding tube. Um, On September 18th, 1980, she had another stroke that left much of her right side paralyzed. Then she developed pneumonia. She did show some signs of improving um, and she was starting to get better and she was released to convalesce at home. And then, alas, on November twenty second, nineteen eighty, she died at the age of nineteen. At the age of eighty eight, she is entombed in Brooklyn, New York, in a mausoleum in Cypress Hills Cemetery. And now we're going to do some May West quotes.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. When I'm good, I'm very, very good. But when I'm bad. I'm better. And the setup for this next quote, you are going to recognize the setup. She invented this. Is that a pistol in your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? (laughs) I believe in censorship. I made a fortune out of it. (laughs) Too much of a good thing can be taxing. Marriage is a great institution. I'm not ready for an institution. (laughs) But choosing between Two evils. I always like to try the one I've never tried before. (laughs) A dame that knows the ropes isn't likely to get tied up. Oh, that's a good one. When women go wrong, men go right after them. And my favorite, a hard man is good to find.
2: (laughs) Amen.
0: And that is Ho Queen Mae West. Yay! Get it! This is fun. So this was
2: I have
1: found a couple of copies of the book Uh-oh. on Amazon between like older, you know, slightly damaged old library books for about a hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, if you want it in pristine condition, it's like 550.
0: Yeah. Look, if you're a librarian who's about to go clean out your stacks or something again, yeah. I don't care. If yeah, you find it, let me know. I desperately want to read this book. And yeah. I am going to read Dirty Blonde because that did sound good too.
2: Yeah, I've been wanting to read a biography on her mm-hmm. for a while now.
0: She is impressive.
2: Up years ago and found both of betty davis's autobiographies in a used bookstore in wow for like nothing wow and I, was like, I don't know that you know what you have here but okay i mean i'm not gonna tell you don't, don't say anything, anything. <laughs> he he knew what he had in terms of vinyl like i paid an outrageous amount for original right. smith's records but 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 he didn't. I don't think cared about the books. So it was like, yeah, sure. Right. right. Let me pay ten bucks for two Betty Davis autobiographies. No anyway. shit. And what's
0: also interesting about uh, May is her father was a prize fighter, mm. and then she went on to go fuck boxers. So well, hey, I would too if I could snag me a boxer. I love <laughs> Joe boxers. Joe Lewis. Joe
2: yeah. Lewis. Yep. I'm like, girl that's the only sport i enjoy watching is <laughs> i mean it's weird to me that i hate every sports movie except for rocky
0: rocket <laughs> yeah i mean
2: i'm sorry but that oh that my whole, goodness um, that whole uh sequence where he is preparing to fight drago in russia and he's doing it's the montage of him working out
0: yeah thank you baby jesus Ooh it's beautiful there's a reason they called him the italian stallion
2: i know i have a shirt that says that oh y'all well this is the only like sports movie i get hyped over like i really
0: love the rocky movies if he dies he dies.
1: side side note uh while we were visiting my in-laws this weekend in florida my husband made us watch uh demolition man no it's,
2: it's so Maybe good. sister
1: it's and so good. beforehand they were talking about sylvester stallone and like do you know he was in porn and he went by the name sylvester stallion i'm like that's not true and we're <laughs> yes, watching <it> <laughs> He went by Sylvester Stallion. I don't know if he went by that, but he was 100% in porn. I they also was...
0: called him Italian Stallion. Right. I yeah. knew he was in yeah. porn
1: and I knew about the Italian Stallion. And then when the credits roll, Katie, my little sister-in-law, she's 25, so she's not really little, but she <laughs> points at the screen and goes, see, his name was Stallion. I'm like, "Fade, hey, girl, that
2: says Stallone. Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> I had a very, it's so funny we bring this up because over the weekend, my mom and I were watching. Oh, what's that show? Pawn Stars. Yeah. Oh, oh, in Vegas, and they <laughs> yeah. have the pawn shop, whatever. Yeah. Um, but someone had brought in what they thought was a Stallone autograph thing. Anyway, one of the little trivia questions they had was, you know, what are some other jobs that he had? And it was like <laughs> nanny and zookeeper, and I don't know what all it was. But either way, one of them said something about him working in adult films. And my mom's like, he was in adult films. And I'm like yes <laughs> yep <laughs> gotta make a living somehow yeah. Look, um, they don't call him laugh enough I um I, I didn't want to say that I've looked up stills from that <laughs> movie but I have anyway this is something
1: I've uh, never known about you Sheena it's it, it this came late in
2: life now like, I'm gonna a have to years quote ago.
0: Kevin Hart I mean, When did this become a (laughs) whorehouse? It's weird. I'll tell y'all what. Okay. I don't
2: know how we got on Slice and Elementary talking about all these awesome ladies, but I will say this. It was, they were having a Rocky Marathon on TV. I didn't know what it was. I mean, I I knew what it was, but I Mm -hmm. had never seen it. Couldn't tell you anything about it. But it was the scene where um, Apollo is smack talking the Russian. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting into it. And I'm like, yeah, I beat the Russian. Yeah. And then, you know, then in the next scene is like James Brown doing his thing. And and it's about to be the fight. And I'm like, yeah, Apollo Creed. He, okay, this guy's cool. He's going to beat the
0: Russian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. And then he didn't. <laughs> no. And no. I no. lost my mind. And then when he
2: says <laughs> those famous words, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> I lost it, y'all. <laughs> lost it. <laughs> And so that's really where my Rocky journey began. And then it yes. went right around back through to the beginning. And then I'm like, oh, this is how we got here. Uh, we yeah. ended up watching the whole thing. And now I'm obsessed. And one time I shouldn't tell the story. I didn't <laughs> need <laughs> him. Who cares? Tell him um, anyway. I was working at that place that I mentioned working yes, at in a couple episodes place. ago. And the photographer, the staff photographer sent me a picture and said, oh, put this on the website. We had a celebrity visitor today. And I look at this guy and I'm like, wow, that guy's like really handsome and he's really well built and like who is this guy and he's like oh it's Dolph Lundgren and I'm like okay who's <laughs> that I didn't know I've been and, drawn out, I bitch. and it was the Russian <laughs> and I'm like I could have went up to him and been like why did you kill Apollo Green <laughs> but I did not I did not meet him but he was we were in the same property, but I, I, love I did it. not to meet Apparently, him, but I wish I did. Dolph
0: Lundgren is a very nice guy.
2: That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. And that's what yes. our photographer said. He said he was a very nice man. Um, but yeah, I was just like, oh my God, because I did not recognize the name. But I'm like, I know I know that face somehow. But then I Googled. I'm like, he's
0: that Russian.
2: Anyway. <laughs> okay. So next week.
0: <laughs> and I meant to add, um, because as I was writing my Mae West and doing my Mae West, um, uh, research i was listening to WAP and thought shit on repeat of <laughs> love megan so i strongly suggest that as you go through your may west adventure you should watch her movies she's fantastic she has that brooklyn drawl that's just yeah oh uh, and she just when she walks in you're just like who is this bitch yeah um mm-hmm but yes definitely like if she were alive today she would have her hands on her knees shaking her ass doing her thought shit
2: oh yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely all right so next week is jane and john does
0: mine's depressing well they probably all will be
2: um but yeah so that'll be interesting uh lori tell everyone where they can find us yes you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at cemetery
1: row pod or you can send us an email to cemetery row at gmail.com
2: yay and yay. look out for our episode featuring dusty aka Goth Dad. our bonus yes. yes all right thanks all right. for tuning in thanks, see you next
1: guys. time bye, bye. bye.